0: Yeah. song is on, my baby, on the Viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Song is on, my bed, on the Viewpoint. Twenty-one zero four. The alcohol ban is a policy-making blunder that has to be corrected. Mr. Oliver Dixon, political commentator, broadcaster, debater, and a daily maverick opinionista. Hashtag business on Wednesday. Oliver Dixon. Good evening. Thank you, sir, for your time.
1: Uh, good evening, Songheza. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Finally, thank you. Appreciate it, too. Last week, Tuesday, we had a would-be debater in much Majlongo, Lwana, coming on air. <laughs> yeah, now no, we I'm have sorry. another would-be debater. <laughs> Were you guys crawling out of the woodwork from?
1: <laughs> no, I, 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 I tuned in. I was listening to that. Mshanganese is a great person, uh, doing a lot of work, good work in, in, in enterprise development and entrepreneurial space. I, I can only but admire that.
0: No, no, no. We We, we don't dispute any of that we talk about this legacy. I introduced him, and this is a debater now. Where were you when I was debating? Because I was just sweeping everybody in my wake.
1: <laughs> I probably came to there about five years later.
0: <laughs> Thank I mean, you for your I, time. I,
1: I, I got to the top of it all, so I'm ready to challenge anyone.
0: Let's have this very challenging conversation because (laughs) there are many opinions around alcohol. For instance, there are those who look at the rands and sense questions and if that's what you're looking at and is important to you, you are right. We need alcohol irrespective of what one's moral opinions might be around alcohol. If you're a healthcare worker, the last thing you need are for people to be getting wasted because ultimately it lands up in the hospital setup or in the healthcare facility setup. And that's where the danger is. So here we are with two very critical arguments, two very credible arguments, and only one of them can prevail at a time. Your thoughts?
1: So I think let's start with the the most important concern people have, that, look, the ban is necessary because it it, assists in taking off the pressure that would otherwise have been increased on intensive care units. Um, in particular. Um, I think it's less so hospitalization rates, but more so critical hospitali- hospitalization rates. So that's to say people who are in need of uh, ventilators and other critical care machinery that only exist in ICUs. Um, that's the argument that healthcare professionals are making. Um, and it's a valid argument. I think we have limited critical care resources in this country, and as as much of it needs to be, uh, used towards COVID-19 patients who are in need of that. It's a life-saving exercise. Um, but if we if we take into consideration the context, this is the third alcohol ban that we are enduring. Surely we, w- we should have made a plan for that by now. And a lot of people, uh, the rebuttal to that, a lot of people say is, but look, there hasn't been a chance to ramp up our critical care units machinery or facilities. And I think that's just blatantly not true. We had a downtime in critical care hospitalization during the uh, coming down from the peak of the first wave. Mm. And so during level two of the lockdown and level one of the lockdown, the sale of alcohol uh, was permitted because we realized that uh, critical care units have, have had eased down pressure. During that time, the government didn't take that opportunity to say, Hey, while there's some time yeah before we faced the second wave, which we were all expecting by the way, all the evidence and data pointed towards us having a second wave. What happened was the government didn't optimize that two to three months period, uh, saying, "Hey, let's build the necessary critical care resources uh, and dedicate money towards that." Um, and And now we find ourselves in the third ban of the alcohol. It's important that we nip it in the bud now, because, as long as we are not, this is not our last wave. Uh, The data that's out right now, in fact, uh, professors and a team of uh, data scientists at the University of Pretoria, uh, working with epidemiologists over there, and and, and diagnostics uh, studies professionals over there, are pointing towards a third wave coming into South Africa. Um, And so... By the time we reach a third wave, which means there will be another spike in the amount of cases of COVID-19, the argument then is if a ban works, we will have to do a ban then again. Um, we're right now looking at cumulatively uh, five-month-long disruption uh, in, in uh, the sale of alcohol. And if we intermittently keep doing it for the next year, there won't be an industry to speak of by next year this time.
0: I, I I want to take that on. Could the alcohol industry altogether fold? It is an interesting point that you have made, and that point comes as an upshot of the arguments. very credible that you have put forward. And in fact, if one speaks of the divestment, 2.5 billion rands divestment from SAB, because they are now starting to... Th- actually.
1: That's 5 billion.
0: Well, there we go.
1: 2.5 in August last year, 5 billion uh, this year. The winemakers uh, wine are talking about $1.5 billion lost. Um, so we're, cumulatively speaking, something north of $6.5 billion uh, in divestment.
0: After the break, we're going to continue. Not just about that point and that figure, but the potential ramifications, the collateral of a policy that is not coherent and or coordinated in response to health care, and South Africa's relationship with alcohol and how that relationship Impacts, healthcare, and related treatments around COVID-19. You at home must surely have an opinion, and I want it, please. Johannesburg 714 2006 on the phone or on our WhatsApp facility. Voice notes under a minute. Mr. Oliver Dixon, political commentator, broadcaster, debater, and an opinionista on Daily Maverick, who writes articles there, is talking to us on hashtag #BusinessOnWednesday. The alcohol ban is a policy-making blunder that has to be the correct that has to be corrected. Your thoughts: to correct or not after? this
1: you've got to be kidding me this is the line i'll be here all day
0: (laughs) i i know right and surprise surprise only two of the five tellers are open you you in a hurry
1: i'm running late and have another appointment but i really need to pay my tv license it's overdue
0: (laughs) (laughs) you here to pay that uh yeah didn't you know you can just visit tvlic.co.za on your mobile select fast pay option and boom you're done. Super fast and super convenient. Wow,
1: just like that? Oh, thanks. You're yeah. a lifesaver.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, how's about your number? Uh,
1: no, sorry. Gotta go. Yeah. TV licenses. Save time by paying online. Hashtag, Made possible by you. Register to receive your metric results with SABC Education and stand a chance to win 10,000 Rand in airtime. SMS your exam number to 45856 or dial star 120 star 45856 hash. Results to be received on your phone on the day of release. SMS charged at 150 and USSD at 50 cents per 20 seconds. Download the MatrixMate app for free on Google Play and Apple App Stores. For more details, visit sabceducation.co.za. SMS SAFM Now on 41391.
0: The viewpoint 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. I forgot to add that if you're in the business of pineapple, you're probably smiling right now. So just give us a call and tell us how one man's poison, in many respects, is for you a total treasure. Because we saw what happened in the previous alcohol ban. The price of pineapples just shot up. And, of course, it comes with certain dangers. Let's have an open conversation then. The alcohol ban in the in the policy context, is a blunder for South Africa. Mr. Oliver Dixon has his thoughts. Oliver, of course, the Heineken brand itself was supposed to have built a 6 billion rand facility. That is on ice. If anything, they've had to shell 70 jobs out of their 1,000 strong workforce. I I see where that is going. I see the fact that SAB as well is not going to be putting in the money that it had otherwise set aside to do so. You mentioned something which was quite striking, and I want you to back it up. However so, could we see the end of the alcohol industry? Hey?
1: Hey, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, think about it. Uh, I mean, alcohol makers will never stop making alcohol, right, insofar as the law allows for it to happen. But at some point, if this ban continues long enough, and, and the losses on the balance sheet is uh, to a point where it is irrecoverable. Shareholders are divesting because ultimately, shareholders care about at least breaking even, if not making a profit. Um, you could see the industry coming to a complete standstill, but what you what you are critically uh, at risk of losing are the smaller players along the value chain. Um, I was speaking to a gentleman yesterday who reached out to me after reading some of my tweets on this. And he said, Hey man, I, I recently retired and I used my retirement package to buy a truck so that I can become a, a, a owner truck driver and deliver alcohol, uh, for, uh, you know, SAB, I think is, a, I'm, I, I might be mistaken yes, by yes. in a value chain. And he says, I'm now at risk of losing my truck. I, I, uh, can't make the payments. Uh, haven't had an income uh, solidly for the last five for the last eight months, um, and uh, he has no idea what to do. So you're you at risk of losing those guys. You're at risk of losing the 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 farmers. You know the barley and hops don't come from nowhere. They come from farms, um, and if a farmer has to uh, liquidate um, coming back, you're not going to have all these small farmers who. Uh, feed into that value chain. You're at risk of losing, uh, you know, the engineers who run the plants. I mean, if you look at, for instance, the Heineken plant, it's a massive plant. And they were going to, what? In, billion, and as you yeah. said, they were going to invest six more billion into that. Um, I, I grew up around uh, the West Rand, So I'm very, I have, I've had family members work uh, at uh, SAB's Chemdo plant out in, in, in Krugersdorp, Kajisole. That plant is in the middle of a township. So you can imagine how many people work at that plant, um, and many of them were technicians and engineers. And if I'm an engineer that worked at that plant for 10, 15 years, uh, and there's no guarantee that I'm going to have a job, uh, in, in, you know, in the next year or so, I'm going to go and try petrochemical stuff, you know, and see if I can make a living there. Um, and you lose all of these skills, and you basically have to rebuild the entire sector from the ground up. And and we know that doesn't happen overnight. No one builds a sector overnight. Um, it's, it's, an, it's it's an intense supply chain uh, that is very, very, very sensitive. If one part falls uh, falls away. Uh, the price either gets pushed up really high or, you know, the industry comes to a standstill. And, and, and um, that is very likely the case if we continue in the vein of thinking that intermittent alcohol bans is a way we ease pressure on trauma units.
0: Let's have a conversation about what you have said. Let, let's take, first of all, a beg your pardon. Let's take a voice note, and I'll engage you after it. Let's take the voice note, please, Bruffini.
1: Hi there, Songezo. How are you doing, you and your guest? I actually just caught a wind of your show today very late. Uh, but I saw something with regards to some of the alcohol companies um, actually investing uh, into the cannabis industry. And I wanted to find out Joe guys' thoughts uh, on that uh, with uh, the reoccurring alcohol banning happening every time there's a lockdown. Is there an opportunity for cannabis industry to then uh, be implemented during these times and even thrive? Uh, yeah, thank you.
0: Hi, <laughs> So uh, I agree with your guest there. I was even telling one of my friends. I said, if I was in that in that industry, I would have opened my doors simply because the president did not come with measures to mitigate the loss of income uh, for the in the for people in the, in that industry, including their employees. For instance, the president did not open tariffs but he closed the, that industry. He did not open UIF uh, uh, ters benefits, but he closed the industry. So he just closed the industry. He doesn't care about what the people who are working in that industry. So it's, 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 a, it's a blunder, that one. So it means when we talk about the wages only, the people who get wages from that industry, they cannot contribute to the economy. Thank you, deal. One focuses on the diversification of the portfolio of alcohol companies. The other one talks about the social support in the wake of these alcohol bans. Let's focus on the diversification. In fact, Distel itself has brought now a 20% stake in the the cannabis business. It's called Rethink. Of course, it has lost some 100 million litres in sales volumes. 100 million litres in liquor translates to something like four and a half a billion in revenue. Now, this strategy of distilled diversifying, it might solve the commercial problem for them, but it doesn't solve the market problem for them. They still are not selling liquor, and there's still an entire industry built around alcohol. You mentioned farming, for instance, from manufacturing right through to the back end, to distribution and to consumption. There's still that market that is not necessarily covered by the diversification. And, of course, the diversification answers a very critical question, money. It's all about money.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, the style's not having it good. I mean, um, i I our old time to sell uh, stocks and those shares have been taking a hammering over the last couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, today was just a bloodbath as well, um, you know, and, and, and it doesn't solve the market problem. But their core business is selling alcohol, they're not selling alcohol, they're not making money. They might diversify and um, diversification, I think, is a, is, is a good business strategy for any business that has, um, you know, disposable capital that they can spend on that. And I think at this stage, uh, diversifying into specifically, as the voice note suggests, into the cannabis market is a risky business. The sale of uh, uh, cannabis is still not legal in South Africa. At best, what the style can invest into is R&D. And hopefully one day when the sale of uh, cannabis becomes uh, lawful, um, they can uh, profit off of that ticket, given that they've done all the groundwork for it. Uh, but as it stands, that diversification is is an exploratory one at this moment and not a commercial one just yet. Um, and so, therefore, it 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 it, it you know, it, I, I I don't know if any of the other brewers are are diversifying into anything. Um, you know, so I'm not sure that that's a, a strategy that will rescue the industry.
0: In relation to preparation, I think the second um, voice note does speak to what you had raised in relation to the paucity of a thoroughly thought-out strategy in relation to when we ban, this is what we do, such that when we do unban, this is what is in place. And clearly now this is something which is very immediate. The temporary employee relief scheme in relation to businesses that are affected and how their employees should be at least getting some money from the government. And, of course, we know how... dry, essentially the taps of the UIF are in relation to the Department of Labor. How does government recover from this?
1: Look, I'm not against the ban inherently just because it's a ban, and I think the state's acting in a personalistic way, not at all. I think when we had the first alcohol ban, I think that was completely necessary because we had no idea what we were dealing with. We had to regroup all the resources we had, and we had to figure out just what COVID-19 is and uh, plan our way forward. But the question, and, and, and I think the naivete of our government has always been that, hey, this is a thing we're going to get over very quickly and things will be back to normal, when none of the data indicated that, that will be the case. The government should have planned um, for, should have at least asked ourselves, how do we build policies for the next three to five years, because that's how long we realistically anticipate to live under uh, this perpetual lockdown or, you know, uh, restrictions in society. And that question hasn't been asked. So the first lockdown was necessary, and the government did do the right things in that first lockdown. They uh, availed uh, the temporary employment uh, relief fund scheme uh, through, uh, you know, uh, uh, at least uh, using some of the money in the UIF. Um, and I'm pretty sure SAB employees and SAB itself, uh, the style as well as Heineken, could have approached the government and say, hey, look, we're out of work at the moment. Our employees uh, might be taking a pay cut or might have job uh, security uncertainty. Uh, can you support them through the scheme? And I'm pretty sure a lot of them would have had support through that scheme. But after the first 21 days, so the government ran out of money. The coffers are dry. Um, I mean, they can't even continue to pay the 350 rand uh, relief fund. A relief grant uh, that, of made it. available for unemployed people. Um, and so the coffers are, have run dry. So if you're going to put an entire industry on hold, at least offer, um, I think, uh, relief to that industry in other ways, right? So say, hey, we'll give you tax breaks, tax cuts, or tax exemptions. Uh, we'll uh, give you uh, enterprise support through uh, loan guarantee that are industry-specific, like they've done with other industries, for instance, or, or what we'll do is we'll, future salary bill. Um, and, and and insofar as the government can't do that, it has to ask itself, how do we get this industry back up and running? Now, it will be completely reckless uh, for government to lift the blanket of the alcohol ban entirely, uh, because um, alcohol not only does it contribute, the consumption of alcohol not only does it contribute to trauma, which I think can be mitigated, it also contributes to uh, rapid movement and this virus only moves in so far as people move um, yeah. and so there are other measures available for the government restricted sales of alcohol uh, saying to retailers hey you can only start from Monday no, to Oliver, Thursday and that sort
0: of stuff. Sure, no, I have to cut you there, my brother. Thank you so much. I have listened to what you say and I do think that perhaps on another day we have to consider this debate in greater detail and possibly have a debate around this, you and somebody else. After all, that is what you thrive on. I even heard you (laughs) speak about the word rebuttal. That's a typical debating word and a rebuttal is quite necessary in relation to why government thinks this continued strategy works and particularly bringing in some healthcare workers who might have a completely different perspective altogether. But for now, let's say thanks to you. Thank you very much. 2124, Mr. Oliver Dixon, political political commentator, broadcaster, debater, daily maverick opinionist. Those were his thoughts about government strategy on alcohol.